This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hello and welcome to Perak Kuf Tesvav, chapter 115. Really looking forward now to being able to share this with all of you because this Perak specifically is a Perak in Hallel. And as we head towards the beautiful holiday of Hanukkah, we're going to be saying Hallel every single day. So hopefully this will infuse our Hallel with a lot more meaning and a lot more Kavana. So for those of us who are busy with a million things on Hanukkah, like we all are, the gifts and the parties and the lakis and everything else, um, hopefully after we learn the beauty of this beautiful parak and all the nice messages behind it, we'll have an easier time making sure to set aside that time to at least say the words of our beautiful halal. So this parak is being sponsored, Liloy Nishmas, Rachel Bas Naftali, and also as a schos for a shirach for Sarah Bat Gina. Okay, so let's look at Parakuf Tesvav. Just want to throw out there that if you really want to understand this Parak really, really well, it's best if you could open up your Tehillim or have, you know, your Tehillim app on your phone open because you'll definitely get a better feel for what's going on if you're looking inside. So just to give you a, a like a background of what's going on in this parak, in Parak Kofiudalid, the the previous parak, which we actually did a while ago, and at the start of Tien Tehillim, a few months ago, we start we you know we did that beautiful parak, and it was really really beautiful. You could see it on my website, you know, listen to all my past recordings or on my podcast. Um, but yeah, it was a beautiful parak. And what was that parak talking about? That parak was talking about the Nisim, the unbelievable open miracles that happened at the Yamsuf and at Harsinai. And it talks about Hayam Ra'a Vayanas, that the, the sea split, it ran away from each other, it split. And how the mountains at Harsinai were Raktu Ch'elim, they were dancing like rams. So there were tremendous open miracles happening at that time. And the world at large, Jews and non-Jews alike, were all like in amazement and in, in wonderment. They were saying, Malacha Hayam Kisanas, what's going on here? They were like, wow, why is the water splitting? Um, you know, Haharum Raktu Ch'elim, right? What's going on here that the mountains are dancing and the sea is splitting? And... They were all in amazement. And these miracles that went on at that time left an indelible mark of faith in the hearts of the Jews for for generations. However, there were others in the world that were quick to go right back to their idol worshiping. And they were taunting us and they were saying, oh, look, you see, there's no more grand miracles. So where did your God go now? We don't see him anywhere. Where is he? You know, our gods are right in front of us. Our idols are standing right in front of us. But your God is nowhere to be found. He's invisible. So just to give you the three ideas that we're going to see in this parak, the first idea we're going to say is we're asking Hashem, lo lanu, not for our sake, but ki kavod, for your sake, give yourself glory by continuing to perform miracles and kindnesses for us, even though it's no longer happening in this huge, grand way. But don't punish us. Be good to us so that we could show all of these nations around us that you are indeed here for us and that you have the power and the might to control everything that's going on on earth. 
The second idea that we're going to see here is we're going to learn the contrast. We're going to see clearly the contrast between, as if we already don't know, the difference between the idol worship, the idols that they were worshiping, and Lahavdil Elif Avdalos, our God that we worship. So the third thing that after and after this contrast, we're going to then read about the amazing benefits and the amazing positive results that come out of us worshiping our God and having bitachon and faith and trust that we are going to be taken care of by Hashem. And we say, um, and we're going to be protected and we're going to be blessed. So the thing is, though, that even with this emuna that's ingrained in our heart, and even with the fact that we even live with miracles in, that are, you know, things happen to us that are very difficult to deny. It's very difficult to deny in certain situations that there's a God behind it. For example, I'll never forget this story. It was a few years ago and I had taught my morning classes. And when I was done, I was walking home. I didn't have a car that day. That day I didn't have a car. Usually I did. And it happened to be that it was freezing cold outside, and it was one of these confusing weather times of the year. And I wasn't wearing much of a coat. I was wearing like a light spring jacket, and it was freezing and windy, bitter cold. So I was literally like, I don't remember ever feeling that much pain from cold in my life. So I'm walking in the street and I'm literally, I'm talking to Hashem, please, could you help me? I don't know how you can help me, but I need your help because I'm freezing and I got to get home. My kid, my babysitter's leaving. I got to get home to my kids. And I kid you not, that second, a car pulled up to the corner that I was approaching, stopped by the red light. I looked in the car. It was my daughter's OT, her occupational therapist, who I knew very well. She came to my house all the time for early intervention for my daughter and she opened the window and she said, do you need a ride? And I got in the car and she took me home. And I had such a sense of being loved and taken care of on such a personal level. I told my students this the next day. It was just so incredible. It's something that I'm never going to forget. So we have these type of stories in our life all the time. If we're looking for it, the more we look for it, the more we're going to find it. And it's going to pile up. And we see we see things like this happening. And, and we are Jews who have that special amuna ingrained in our heart. So, but yet, right, there are certain situations in our life where we, we don't see anything in sight and we're having the need, we're finding the need to constantly in those situations employ different tactics and tools and methods to strengthen our bitachon during those moments, to call upon the other times when we are feeling Hashem's presence in the moments where we're really not. So that's what I'm here for today. I want to teach you a very tangible idea that you could use in your life in the areas where you need it most, in the areas where you need to call upon your highest levels of trust. And now you're going to know how to do it in a very clear and practical way. So let's look inside Parakuf Tesvav Pasuk Aleph. Lo lanu Hashem, lo lanu ki l'shem chatein kavod. So the gematria of lanu, not for us, we're saying not for, you know, don't do it for us. Lanu is 86, which is also the gematria of Elohim. And when we talk about Elohim, we're talking about the punishments that Hashem gives, the strict judgments that he applies. So it's, we're saying here, lo lanu, don't give us the Elohim, the strict judgment part of you. Don't give us the punishments. Hashem, lo lanu, and not for our sake that you shouldn't give us punishments, that we should look good in the eyes of the nations, 
It's for your sake, so that everybody should see how good you are to us and how powerful and mighty you are to save us and bring us whatever we need. Let the nations not say, we're now is their God. So two explanations I have here that are quite different from each other. The first explanation is that let the God, like we said it originally, let the Goyim not say, oh, so now all the miracles are gone. So now where's your God? Let them not deny you as our, as our one and only God. Alternatively, we could understand this as that the idol worshipers are going to worship their idols. And when they finally realize when it finally clicks in their mind that nothing is happening and their life is not changing and things are just even probably getting worse, then they're going to come to us and they're going to say, where is your God? We need somebody real to worship. We need somebody who's really going to be able to answer us. Pasuk Gimel. Our God is in heaven and all that he wills, he accomplishes. So now we're going into contrasting their idols from Lahavdil from our God. And the Radak explains here, and he says, the idol worshippers had their gods living right amongst them. They were right there. So, you know, but and yet they couldn't help them. The idols were powerless to do anything for them. But Elokeinu Rishamayim, our God is in heaven, and yet... Whatever he pleases, he's able to do down here in this world. He controls everything from his remote place in the heavens. Pasuk Dalit. Atzabeyem kesef zahav mase yedei adam. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. So atzabeyem here is referring to their idols. Why do we use this way of saying idols? Because the shoresh of atzabeyem is etzev, sadness, grief, depression. Their idols will ultimately end up bringing them a deep sense of grief and sadness because they won't be able to help them. They're going to be putting their hopes in something that can't help them. Anyways, their idols are the works of men. So how could they do anything? How could they be more powerful than men if man is creating them? It makes no sense. Um, another explanation that's com- like totally veering away from this idea of the idols uh, is just a really nice, important lesson for all of us. Another way of understanding this is that the people who are believing that their kesef, that their money, is masay yedei adam, is coming from the hands of men, they're going to be sad. They're going to be in, in a state of depression. So it's a totally different idea, but it's so important. So I just want to focus on it for a minute here. Why are the people who think that their money is coming from their own self, from kochi v'otsam yadi, from their own strength, from their own power, from their own intelligence, why are those people going to end up being depressed? So number one, um, just off the top of my head, first of all, there are so many expenses in our lives. The mortgage and the camps and the tuitions and the dentists and the doctor's bills and the cars and every, there's just, it's endless. And every day that we think we finally got on top of our bills, they keep creeping up and more things come in. And, and, and it's like, it could, it could make a person feel completely overwhelmed to the point where they can't get up in the morning if they think that all the money is coming from their own efforts. Okay, so that's first of all, the, the reason it causes grief and sadness is because a lot of people probably just like end up giving up. Like, you know, you see a lot of people out of work 
part of the reason could be they just they gave up like not what so what I'm gonna go get a job and make uh, you know whatever and it's not anyways gonna help me it's not anyways gonna cover even a fraction of my costs right so it could create a tremendous amount of despair the second reason that you know thinking money is coming from only from you could create so much sadness and stress is because a person who doesn't see Hashem in the picture is going to is going to uphold the belief that in order to make as enough money for me to live on I need to kill myself I need to work five jobs and I need to work myself to the bone and a lot of people walk around with this belief the problem is that when we believe this then this becomes our reality. And yet we see that there are people out there that money just flows into their life and they could be sitting on a hammock. Now, I'm not telling you to do that, right? We all need to put in our heshtablis. And yes, some people have that, you know, they're really lucky like that. But the fact is, it's easy for Hashem to bring us money. But if we close him off and we say, it's only coming from me and he, he's not doing anything, then that's the reality we're going to experience. So the stress of feeling like I have to work myself to the bone um, is not really going to get us anywhere. It's we, we, Sometimes it's, the avoda is really more about the inner work of trusting and opening ourselves up to Hashem's shefa, abundance, um, more than killing ourselves with another two jobs, right? And the third idea is that what happens when we only trust in ourselves is that we come up with an idea. Let's say I'm going to start this business to make money. And then we become attached to that thing. This has to make me money. It creates a desperation because if this doesn't work, then I'm really stuck. Right. But we're, we're not taking into account where the money really comes from. And when we get desperate and when we're attached to having needing one specific thing to work for us, that's usually how we get in our own way. And that that desperation takes us farther away from where we want to get to instead of bringing us closer. So basically, thinking that the it's Masse Yidei Adam, that, that our Kesef and our Zahav is in our hands, just creates depression, exhaustion, stress, and sabotages our efforts to get to where we want to go. So an energy of trust and certainty that Hashem is delivering, delivering everything that you need has to be behind all of your efforts, must be behind all your efforts. And this really, this idea completely supports the the tool that I'm going to be giving you today, which is going to be all around this concept of trust. How to just stop thinking that it's all about us and stop feeling that despair and that stress and that attachment and to start opening ourselves up to feeling like I am certain that Hashem is in support of what I want and He's going to take me towards my goal. Pasuk, hey, Pelahem below Yidaberu, Enayim Lahem below Yiru. They have mouths, but they can't speak. They have eyes, but they can't see. So here we're getting into the joke, the huge joke of idol worshippers, right? How these idols don't even possess any even basic sort of elementary function or ability. They don't have any abilities. They can't do anything. It's a joke. They paste mouths on them. It's like a snowman. They paste in the mouth. They put the carrot for their nose, the twigs for their arms, right? And they can't do anything. The interesting thing I read was that we, as Jews, we spend our lives trying to serve Hashem and trying to do the right thing. And we do what's asked of us, even if it's difficult. We have a lot of mitzvahs to keep, and yet we're devoted and committed to doing it because we know that we're going to have to give a din v'chashven at the end of the day. And, we, and, we, and, we, and we're constantly trying to cultivate that loving bond between us and Hashem. Yet these idol worshippers, 
they paste on the mouth and the eyes and the nose and whatever it is for their own benefit so that they could actually feel like they're talking to somebody who's actually listening to them. But they're perfectly happy and they're actually enjoying the fact that those idols can actually see them to judge them, can actually speak to them to tell them what to do, right? They like that the idol is powerless so that they can go on living, doing whatever they want, yet they have the tzura, the form of the mouth, the eyes, they look like a person so they could feel like they're actually talking to someone who could do something for them. Okay, Pasuk Vav, Aznayim Velo Velo we're continuing here with this, this idea that they have ears but they can't hear, their noses can't smell, they have hands, but they can't touch. Their feet are there, but they can't walk. And they can't even make the slightest, you know, the slightest tiny little voice with their mouth. Pasuk test. Yisrael betach b'ashem, Ezram u'maginamhu. Here, we're contrasting, we're talking about, you know, Lahavdil our God, who does protect us very much. He's Ezram u'maginamhu. He protects us and he saves us. And Rabbi Gamliel Rabinovich, in his Sefer on Tehillim, called Tiv HaTehilos, which is really nice. He brings out some beautiful messages from Tehillim. His words, and I'm going to quote what he says, because it's, it's just, you know, I, it's really beautiful the way he says it. He says, there is no greater wonder drug than having bitachon in Hashem, right? We're saying here, Yisrael betach Hashem. When a Jew trusts in Hashem, that's what brings him Ezram Umaginam Hu. That's what brings him the protection. So there is no, Rabbi Gamliel says, there's no greater wonder drug than having Bitachon and Hashem. And he says, even if a person has no merits, if he has Bitachon, Hashem will help. You may not have realized this, but this is the truth. The Midrash tells us, and he continues, the Midrash tells us that kindness will surround even a Russia who trusts in Hashem. Even a wicked man who does everything wrong, if he trusts that Hashem is going to give him what he's asking for and that Hashem is there for him, he's going to merit protection. Bitachon is the greatest skula for anyone to be saved from anything. That's the last line that I'm going to quote from him. So, Rabbi Gamliel Rabinovich is teaching us here the power of Bitachon, which is something that I talk about all the time that I see so tangibly, so clearly in my own life and in the life of people around me. And if we look now at Pasuk Yud, we're going to see it says, Beis Aaron Betchuv Hashem, Ezram Umaginam Hu. So now we're seeing that there's different groups. There's Yisrael Betach Hashem, there's Beis Aaron Betchuv Hashem, and then in Pasuk Yud Aleph it says, Yirei Hashem Betchuv Hashem, those who fear Hashem, Trust Hashem. So, what's the difference between Yisrael, base Aaron, and Yirei Hashem? So, there's different opinions here. The simplest one that I'll offer you is that Yisrael is talking about the regular average Jew. Base Aaron are the Kohanim and the Leviim, those in the position of leadership amongst the Jews. And Yirei Hashem are actually the Gayim, those Gayim who are not Jews, but they still fear Hashem and they trust in Him. They are also, and that's exactly what Rabbi Gamliel says, they are also going to merit a level of protection. Now, it's interesting to note that it doesn't say Yisrael, Beis Aaron, and Yiri Hashem are all Ezra Umaginamhu. It doesn't say them all together with one time Ezra Umaginamhu. It says Ezra Umaginamhu after each one of these groups separately. 
So why is this? And the answer is because this is teaching us the very important principle that a person is going to merit protection in their life according to how much they trust. So that's why it shows in each separate group, they each get a separate Ezra Mumaginam Hoku. They each get a separate measure of protection, everyone according to their level of trust. Like we said, when we taught, I, it was a different paragraph of Tehillim where we said, Hashem's chesed to us will be according to how much we trust in Him. And this is the concept that we're seeing right over here. So, Yud Aleph says, Yiri Hashem Hashem. So, right, like we said, this is referring to the Gayim, who also get this special, Bitachon applies to them very much as well. We might not have realized this. Pasuk Yud Beis, Hashem Zecharanu Yivarech. Hashem pays attention to us and blesses us. Yivarech Espeis Yisrael. Again, we're going to have the three groups. Yivarech Espeis Aaron, Yivarech, Yirei Hashem. So the three separate groups, again, are each put next to the word Yivarech. And again, it's the same concept. They will each, each group, each person will be blessed according to the amount of bitachon that they have, according to what level of bitachon they're on. Pasuk Yudgimel says, Yivarech Yirei Hashem haktanim The people who are fearing Hashem haktanim, even a little bit, Im Hagdolim, they'll also get this, that, that they'll get the protection and the blessings, just like the people who fear Hashem a lot, they'll get that, but they'll get it on a different level, but they're still going to get it. So even if a person only has a little bit of Yerei Shemayim, a little, a Shemayim, a little bit of Bitachon, they're still going to merit the blessings from Hashem. Pasuk Yodalit, Yosef Hashem Aleichem, Aleichem Ba'al May Hashem increase your numbers, yours and your children's also. So it's saying here, you know, over the course of our history, unfortunately, we've lost so many of our precious neshamos over the Holocaust most recently, all those millions of beautiful people taken away from us. So it's saying here, you know, Hashem is, is promising us, I'm going to continue to increase your numbers. You're not going to dwindle away. It might seem like there'll be nothing left of you soon, but no, I'm going to increase your numbers and I'm going to make sure to make up for all the loss of the Yidin that happens over the generations. Pasuk Tesva, Ruchem Atem Lashem, Ose Shemayim Ba'aretz. Um, so we're saying here that another reason why we believe that we are going to be blessed by Hashem is because even if we don't see something in front of us to reassure us that help is on the way, even if things look completely bleak and we're in a tunnel and we don't see the light, a person doesn't know where their shidduch is going to come from, where the cure that they need is going to come from, where the next dollar that they need is going to come from, it doesn't matter. We still believe that we're bruchim, that we're blessed. Why? Because Ose Shamayim Ba'aretz, because our God created the heavens and the earth from nothing. No one helped him. No Pedro, no Mario, no Carlos. There was no helpers and there was nothing there before. He just poof created the heavens and the earth in this miraculous way. And therefore, Bruchim Atem Lashem, we know that we are also blessed even if we don't see it right away, even if it's not in our life right now. Pasuk Tesayin, Hashamayim Shamayim Lashem Ba'aretz Nasal Adam. The heavens belong to Hashem. 
but the earth he gave over to man. So Hashem is directly in charge of the sky, but he gave us humans the power to be in charge of the earth. He delegated us as powerful figures here in the world. Now, aside from Parakhes, which again, we a while ago, we did Parakhes, and we said there, Kol Shata Tachas Raglav, that Hashem made it, that everything in the world is, is under our feet, that all the things that are underneath us in creation, the, the animals, the plants, the minerals, we manipulate them and use them to our benefit. We use them, the animals to eat, and we use the plants to build, we use the wood from the plants, and we use the minerals, the, the metal, the copper for our buildings and our factories and our cars. And we use everything that, that is in the creation for our benefit. So in a way, we really rule. We rule the world. And this is what it means when it says, It was given for our benefit to use all the different parts of creation for ourselves. Another thing, though, that I want to make sure to highlight here is that the idea that I'm constantly drilling into everyone, and I hope you're not sick of me by now, this idea that we are not powerless, that Hashem very much gave us a lot more power than we think we have, and we have to learn how to channel the, those tools that we're given to create the lives that we want. Also, this idea also very much fits in here. He gave us our world and our lives for us to use our Bechira and use our abilities to, to, to steer things in the direction that we want them to go. And we learned manifestation tools. We learned tools that, you know, uh, we learned how we're supposed to use this, the abilities that we have, how to channel them in the direction that we want to go in. The thing is, I didn't teach them to you in a sequential way. I didn't like teach it to you in an organized way. Because we're learning Tehillim, I sprinkled it in. Wherever I see that David HaMelech is speaking about one of these tools that we're supposed to be using that we may not know about, I sprinkle it in here, I sprinkle, sprinkle it in there. We spoke about desire in Parakhaf. We spoke about belief. And, you know, we're speaking about belief, trust in this parak And in other Paraks, we spoke about davening in one parak. You know, that's another tool that we use. And focus, where we're putting our mindset, we spoke about a lot. Um, and being in good spirits, all of these things, and action steps, which action steps should I take, all of these elements are the elements that we are supposed to be using to put our, to set our life on the course that we want it to be going on. So someone will say, I'm not finding the right guy. I guess it's just not shared. I guess I'm just supposed to be single, or I guess it's just, you know, it's my mazel that it's taking me forever. Wait a second. Did you activate your full measure of desire? So many times people say, I want to shidduch, I want to get married, but there's a part of them that's fearful of getting married or that's not really wanting to get married, which is so normal and it's so okay. But a person has to be aware that um, my desire is not 100% on board and that will affect the manifestation of what's going to be going on for me. Hashem needs to see, He said, Hashem is going to give you what's in your heart. If it's not really all there and you're sending messages like, Hashem, I want it, I don't want it, then your desire is not fully on board with it. So people say, of course I want to get married. And really, they're 50-50 or they could even be 80-20 on it and they're not even aware of it. What about believing, upping their belief that they could find the right one? 
people say, yeah, of course I could find the right one. But really underneath and subconsciously, they're questioning, they're skeptical. Can I find someone who's going to be good enough for me? Taking action steps to get there. People get burnt out, right? Are you taking the action steps that you need to get there? I'm going to announce at the end of this class, which is coming soon, I'm going to announce that I am starting groups for people, women who are dating. And these are some of the things that we're going to be focusing on. Are you using the tools that Hashem gave you to manifest what you want to manifest in your life? The earth is given to you. What are you going to do with it? Are you educated? Do you know how to use the tools you were given? And I'm very passionate about helping people to start out on the right foot, especially the young, young girls who are coming out of seminary. And they're clueless. They don't know any of this. And they're very often, you know, they're still young and they're, they're not necessarily feeling the self-worth that we want them to be feeling as they head out into the Shidduch world. And they don't know what tools to use. And they don't know what they're meant to be looking for. And they're confused and they're anxious. And I see a lot of private clients who are suffering with these feelings and they're hating dating. So I'm very passionate about this topic. And I'm starting groups because I want to really bring it out. To, I want to I want to educate as many young women as I can. It could be a, a young girl who's 19. It could be an older single woman who's in her 40s. It doesn't matter. I want to educate as many of us as I possibly can because I feel, Baruch Hashem, like I have a good handle on the position and how we need to position ourselves to build successful lives. So I'm very passionate. I want to make it affordable for everyone. So aside from the private coaching that I do, a lot of a lot of it is on this topic. I very much am excited to start bringing it to groups. So we're going to have small groups of women. And if you're interested in being involved in this, please go to my website, yalbertram.com. And on the homepage there, there's a button to click that says, um, yeah, I want more information, you know, to click that button for more information on the Drawing in the One groups. It's called Drawing in the One. Those are my groups for people who are dating and want to position themselves correctly to be able to attract the right person into their life. Okay, so I thought I was going to say that at the end, but really if it, if it happened to have fit in very well with my example here, so I, I told it to you here. Okay, so that's... There's much that we're meant to be doing to be shaping our lives. Let's get educated. Let's get aware of it. And let's see incredible, incredible changes, positive changes in our realities. So we see from this parak that our level of bitachon is key to determining our quality of life. Now, what do I mean by bitachon? I don't mean, oh, when, when I believe that all the bad things are happening for the best, that's, you know, I don't mean that. What I mean when I say bitachon here is, to the extent that we believe that Hashem is on board, that He's on board with our desires, and He could easily bring us anything we want if we channel all of the tools that He gave us in the right way, and dive into Him and ask for it and believe that He could bring it, and all these things, that's what I mean here by bitachon. Really believing with certainty that Hashem could bring this to me easily, and that it's going to happen for me. 
And if it's not exactly the way I'm looking for it to happen, it will happen in a similar way or in a, in a different form. It doesn't have to be exactly this form. And we spoke about that, not getting attached to one specific way, right? But that Hashem is on board with my desires. He wants to give me the things that I want and he can easily do that. And I'm expecting it to happen. That's the bitachon that I'm talking about here. Not, oh, you know, everything is mazel, it's all basher, it's okay, everything will just continue to go as the way it goes, and I'll continue to be a victim on the roller coaster of life. That's not what I mean by bitachon. So how can we activate these higher levels of certainty and belief that and, and, and activate the higher levels of expectation that we are heading in the direction that we want to go in, that all the things that we're wanting are on the way to us? Because that's really where we need to be in order to be able to draw these things into our life. So the way we're going to do this is with two questions. Number one, so first, obviously, you're going to decide, where in my life am I looking to up my belief? Maybe this person who's dating doesn't really believe that she could find the right one. It's been so long already. She's seen so many people waiting so long, some of her friends, whatever it is. She doesn't really believe it. So she's going to ask herself two questions. Why, number one, why can I yes have it? And number two, what would I need to do to believe it even more? And I'm going to give you an example to really explain what I'm saying here. So let's take a person who, a mother who has a bunch of kids, and she wants to get a degree in social work, but she has to go to school for a bunch of years, and it costs a lot of money, and it's a big commitment, and she has a bunch of kids who's going to babysit them when she's at when she's in school, right? There's a lot of things that are getting in her way, and she doesn't really believe that she could have you know, this social work degree and this career. So let's go into these two questions. Question number one, we said, um, why can why can I yes have it? We're always looking at why can I not have it, right? We're always saying, eh, it's not possible because A, B, and C. So let's flip that. Why can I yes have it? So she might say, well, there's a lot of other women my age who are going back to school and they're accomplishing what they want. Or, you know, last time when I wanted a new wig, I thought I couldn't afford it. It ends up the money came into my life and it worked out so well. Um, maybe she, she could think of a friend who just did this and could now show her the ropes of what she needs to do to get her degree. Maybe she could remind herself that she's good in the field. This is something that, that's a natural talent for her. So it should, the schooling shouldn't take so much out of her because of that. What about the fact that her husband might be supportive and he might say, don't worry, I'll take care of the house while you're gone. I'm, I'm encouraging you to do this. Um, you know, there could be all these reasons. Maybe it's just because she learned in Tantahillim that Hashem is in support of her desires and, and Hashem is going to make it easy for her. And that's what she's choosing to believe. So what are the reasons why I can, yes, have this social work degree? And the second thing, after she comes up with all these things that will build her trust to believe that she could actually have it, she's then going to ask, okay, but now she might still, there might still be a piece of her that doesn't believe. And if that's the case, she would ask herself, what would I need to do now to believe it even more, to take myself to the highest possible degree of belief that I could have it? So maybe she'll say, well, once I apply to the school that I want to go to, to the college I want to go to, then I'll feel, if I, once I get in, I'll feel, you know, that will be, then I'll feel like I could really do this. Or maybe let, I just need to call a friend to find out some more information about the field, and then I'll be able to do it. Or maybe I just need to lock down that babysitter, so then I really know I could do it, right? What would you need to, what would you need in order to believe it 100%? So by getting your belief up, 
to 100% or close to it, as, as close to it as you possibly can, we greatly strengthen the chances of getting or accomplishing that which we want. Let's remember, Hashem Zecharanu Yevarech, He pays attention to us and He blesses us according to our belief in Him. Okay, so I just want to remind you, please go check out my website if you're interested in my Drawing in the One dating coaching groups. It's going to be small groups, like six to ten women in a group, and I'm going to help you gain a clear vision of where you're going. I'm going to help you get past any subconscious programming that could be getting in your way of getting what you want, and I'm going to help fill you up with this like constant state of hope and trust to feel like, you know, to know with certainty that you're on the right path that you need to be on in order to manifest the beautiful homes that you are wanting. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.